You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Monday, 15 January. German full-year GDP due later this morning, expected minus 0.3%. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Wayne McCurry, F&B Wealth and Investment. We had CPI Thursday from the US, PPI Friday, one a little high, one a little low. I want to dig into that. Also, what about oil for 2024? Uh, Citadel Chief Economist uh, Martin Ackerman, Investment Outlook for 2024. He's saying, you you know what? Deja vu. And Brian Rushmere from Levantine and Co. The resilience of the U.S. economy, even as uncertainties abound. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Regulator to probe extravagant costs of medical scheme AGMs. Business day, Astral Foods may bounce back in 2024 after a torrid year. Raining blackouts, water disruptions, bird flu cost the poultry producer $2 billion in the year to September. Morning markets, US was green, both NASDAQ and S&P up 0.1%, and US has closed today for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, over in the east, mostly green, Sydney up 1.2%, Tokyo up 0.8%, Hong Kong off the tenth of a percent, and Tencent up 0.4%. Commodities mostly red, gold the exception, 2061, Brent 7818, Platinum 922, Palladium 921, Rand 1862, Bitcoin 42,500, and top 40 looking for a red open, about 150 points or 0.2% to the downside. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Wayne McCurry. He's, of course, from FMB Wealth and Investments. Wayne, appreciate the early morning. When we were chatting inflation, I suppose a year or so ago, you, you were reminding us that the one thing that sort of the best anecdote, anecdote for inflation is inflation. It kind of just resets because of base effect. We're now at that sticky end. We had CPI out of the U.S. on Thursday, slightly higher than expected. PPI was better than expected. Neither of those necessarily any major calls for alarm is my sense. Yes, I think so. They, I mean, obviously, you, you didn't want a slightly higher CPI, but it wasn't mm. much higher, and certainly the month-on-month wasn't much higher either. But in both data points, doesn't really change the trajectory of falling interest rates this year in America. Yeah. Uh, rates are coming down. When? Because I was looking at, at, at the, the markets, and they're predicting a 69% chance of a March rate cut. That, to me, that seems aggressive. Um, I actually agree with it. I think we will see a rate cut earlier than expected. Whether it's March or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think we will see rate cuts earlier because, I mean, these things are by and large cyclical. So, you know, um, as quick as it went up quicker than expected, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it falls quicker than expected. Okay, now I take a point on that. And, and also, you know, it's, it's the point with the uh, central bankers trying to get ahead of that curve. I, w- I want to shift slightly oil. We had a lot of uh, OPEC production cuts last year. Uh, Brent's still trading below 80. W- what's your take for oil uh, looking ahead for the year? Because certainly, uh, with all the production cuts, I would have thought it would be higher. But of course, the U.S. is producing, and maybe demand is just not that strong. Demand isn't all that strong. And as you correctly said, the U.S. is producing a lot of oil again. Um, it's a whole demand-supply issue. There's, there's less demand, and they can't cut supply enough to voice that price. I mean, if they hadn't cut supply, you know, the price might be $60. Mm. 
yeah. or fifty five dollars somewhere around there because and that's one of the reasons why I think uh, um interest rates will get cut sooner than expected simply because I think Brent indicates the the underlying demand in the world's economy i mean you can look at you can look at copper as well. You know, there's no real big demand now. So I think interest rates are going to get tapped despite the resilience of the U.S. economy. Mm, mm. And, and yeah, we're chatting resilience for that in a moment because it certainly mm. was absolutely. It's also, I mean, if, if we go back to the 70s, and I was a kid then, I don't remember the 70s beyond swinging on my swings. Um, but, but OPEC and OPEC Plus is not the powerhouse it once was. No, no, no definitely not. I mean, OPEC and OPEC Plus was, they were, I don't know, Seventy percent of world production. Mm. I think they're fifty percent now. A quick last one: gold still above uh, two thousand dollars this morning, moving a little bit higher. You, you, you bullish expectations for gold for the year ahead? We've certainly seen central mm. banks buying for the first time in a while. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not good on gold. I, I don't <laughs> understand it. I don't get the dynamics. I've never been a gold bull my whole life, so I'm I'm always negative on gold. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pass on gold. I, I get you. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't fully understand it. It's pretty, but but pretty is not an investment case in my world. Wayne McCurry, uh, senior portfolio manager, F and B Wealth and Investment. Always appreciate the early morning, and that's our poll today on uh, LinkedIn and X. Uh, talking around the the US CPI, as I said, CPI a little high, PPI coming a little better. Of course, PPI is the more predictive one because it sort of tells you what's coming that's factory gate question we're asking you when do you expect the first rate cuts from the fed in 2024 uh, the market is saying 69 percent chance of march perhaps you think more likely later in the year have your vote have your say twitter and linkedin when you stay invested over time in stanlib's global multi-strategy diversified growth fund your money's in for some smooth sailing with our global partners jp morgan asset management at the helm your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. Trading now with Martin Ackerman, uh, Citadel Chief Economist and Advisory Partner. Martin, appreciate the early morning. Uh, you put out just late last week your investor outlook for 2024. You titled it A Sense of Deja Vu. And, and, and as I was reading it, it, is, it does kind of feel much like where we were last year. There's some differences. Of course, in 22, we'd had a bear market in the U.S. Last year, we had a roaring market. But a lot of what we would have been saying a year ago remains in force in, in, in January of 24. Yes, morning, Simon. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I think if you think about the SA economy, you know, we're going to see repeats of what we saw last year with all the structural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit relief on the ESCOM side with alternative energy coming online, but now we're sitting with the issues with the ports. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, more the same. Internationally, I think the big thing was that most people last year expected uh, well, possibly a global recession. And given the strength in the U.S. economy, I would argue that, you know, it's probably been delayed into 2024. I don't think we avoided the recession. Um, but that's why. St- standing here today, we basically say, well, there's a lot of global headwinds from an economic point of view. Add to that mix a lot of geopolitical turmoil. Mm. And the view is pretty much the same as a year ago. Now it's just how markets will behave. Um, last year, like you said, I think markets surprised to the upside, especially on the on the offshore side with double digits in dollars. And I think where we are right now, 
the same view as last year to be quite uh, defensive and cautious is going to be the view for, for 2024 as well. Yeah, I, I want to come to cash and bonds in, in, in a moment, but let's stay with markets quickly. We look at the markets and we look at the, the index returns. Of course, if we pull it apart, it really was driven by just a couple of stocks in the broad market. For example, the Russell 2000 and others, the, the S&P 493 didn't have quite such a great year. Now, 100%. I think last year, the whole thing about uh, AI, artificial intelligence, that really underpinned those, uh, what they call the Magnificent Seven stocks, mm. uh, that were really behind those double-digit returns that we saw. If we exclude them, you're 100% right, then you're probably looking at a flat market, even some sectors down. Um, so, so that was a very specific theme. Obviously, artificial intelligence is, is part of the, the game going forward, so that's not going to disappear. But I do think that uh, equity market or stock performance as a result of this theme playing out, you know, again, it's probably not going to be repeated this year. They're coming off a very high base. So that uh, headwind, oh, that tailwind is probably gone and turning into a headwind. Local markets, JC, we were up also about 10% in a very difficult year. So I think you know, that should be a, a good number given the, the environment. Um, and going back to the first point, you know, this year, fundamentally, there's going to be a lot of challenges. So the JC is going to tread water as well. And, and, and the point is, it's not to, to abandon equity. It's always part of a long-term portfolio, but perhaps move sort of weightings to more defensive stocks um, in, in that equity portion of the portfolio. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you're 100% right. Equity is always part of your longer-term portfolio. Um, so it's basically tweaking your allocation. So if you're in a multi-asset kind of portfolio, right now we will be underweight equity. We will, in the equity part, look at more defensive kind of strategies where there's a little bit less sensitivity to high interest rates. Um, but you want to be there when that turnaround comes because you know that you can't time the market perfectly. Yeah. And as soon as that uh, central banks uh, in the north start to cut rates sometime this year, you know, that will probably coincide with a bottom in the economic cycle. And then the up leg will start again. So you want to have that exposure in, in your equity portfolio. Um, but now to be, like I've said, on the, on the underweight size, uh, side of, of the equation. And, and that then brings to the cash and bonds, which are still both in, in, in the U.S. and, and locally uh, offering, offering decent returns. Yeah, fortunately now we've got an alternative, you know, what's it, not even three years ago in an environment like this, what do you do if you want to risk in a risk-off environment? Where do you go? Because mm. we didn't get anything from cash uh, and bonds at the time. So that's where people started getting clever on things like maybe gold exposure or managed volatility hedge funds. Now cash is back in the game. And like you've said, mm-hmm. you know, some decent, decent returns. If you think about SA, um, you know, not even talking about the potential of rate cuts, just where we are today, in a proper SA income fund, you can get somewhere between 95 and 10%. Uh, if you compare that to our inflation rate, which is below 6 you know, that's a proper real return. Obviously, you need to take tax into account yeah. um, on the interest. But, you know, if you make use of a tax-friendly product like a tax-free savings account or a retirement annuity, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's a great opportunity which we haven't seen in many years. And the, and the same applied to the U.S., you know, or other international markets. There you could probably get close to 5% at the moment. Uh, inflation is also under control. Um, so, yeah, it's a decent return altogether. Uh, last question is the RAND, and, and you're looking for the RAND somewhere between 1850 and, and 2050, with with risk definitely to to, to the upside on 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 that on that call. 
Yeah, I think the rand is going to be under pressure. You know, we've got um, all the geopolitical issues playing out. We've got um, a budget that's under constraint. We've got the election this year. So in that environment, the 1850-2050 is our range. 2050, even higher than that, is call it a risk-off environment where something goes wrong in the world, which I think the geopolitics can quite mm -hmm. easily happen. And then we first need to get all of these um, challenges out of the way before the RAND can really start to breathe again. Um, maybe second half of this year when the U.S. starts to cut rates, some dollar weakness, and uh, we're getting through that economic bottom globally, then the RAND might uh, show stronger returns. But for now, we are preparing for a rant that will be under pressure, like you said, somewhere in that range, 1850 to 2050. We'll leave it there, Martin Ackman, uh, Chief Economist and Advisory Partner. Martin, always appreciate the early morning. If seagulls were hardy dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with Brian Rushmere, he's CFA investment analyst from Leventine and Co. Brian, appreciate the time today. If we start by looking back at last year, 2023, and the U.S. economy, which really indicated huge resilience. I mean, they had the highest inflation in 40 years, rapid rate increases, yet truthfully, still a good-looking economy. I mean, they're getting GDP growth. They've got low unemployment. The economy is resilient, massively so, I would say. Yeah, this has been quite a theme we've been looking at, obviously, through 2022 and last year. It's the theme of the inflation and how you know the Fed has been trying to tackle this with raising their rates. And what we've been seeing and obviously being clear to us is that, you know, the GDP figures and the economy is still ticking on. And it's just a very interesting moment of how resilient the U.S. economy has been. Yeah, just a, been a very interesting year. It has. I mean, in some ways, it almost felt surreal. If, if we look ahead to this year, 2024, there are still, I mean, beginning of last year, I think 85% of economists said recession in the U.S. It didn't happen last year. Potential for it this year, and even if not a recession, certainly a slowdown in the U.S. economy potentially. What's your view on this, particularly looking ahead? So 2024 outlook, I think the same themes kind of will dominate the U.S. market. It's all about the timing of the Fed interest rate hikes. Mm -hmm. And I think a key theme is how we've been doing a lot of research on the lagged effects on, of how the Fed raises rates. And I think there's something that a lot of the market didn't really price in properly is that there is a significant lag of when... Fed rates increase and how that actually infiltrates the market. For us, we see the slowdown happening in 2024. The US yeah, will probably start bringing down their interest rates. I take the point, particularly in that lagged effect, I mean, certainly by all indications, Jerome Powell has paused. By all indications, the next move will be down, but that impact is still going to sort of go through and it has to work its way out of the system. What sort of advice have you got for investors? I mean, if we're going to see slowdowns, maybe even a recession, I mean, what does an investor do? Do we just carry on regardless or can we position ourselves perhaps more tactfully? 
Yeah, this is a great question. And I like to pick up metaphors of almost imagine you are on a sailboat. Mm -hmm. And when you're on a sailboat, you have different parameters that you need to deal with. You have different winds. And let's say a recession is almost like the wind is changing. You need to adjust your sails. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, recessions happen all the Mm -hmm. time. It's just a different type. And you need to have the tools that can take advantage or position yourself correctly. And I think that's a similar way how to look at your investments on a personal level. Do you have the capability and the tools to shift your sales? Do you have the right avenues to take advantage of a recession? Because in my opinion, a recession is a great opportunity to get into investments that are almost, let's say, if they're down 20, 30%, it's Mm. a great opportunity if you know exactly what you're looking for. So we are not scared, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. of recessions. It's more just a different dynamic. And that's how I would view a recession. It's not a scary thing. It's just dynamics of change. But it's different opportunities kind of all come to the fore. I like that. And I like that analogy. It's not something to be scared of. It's something to be cognizant of and to, yeah. to tweak. And I mean, I suppose the other point is, is that, and it comes into your analogy perfectly around the sailboat, you know, whether or not a recession certainly uncertainty. We have another year of uncertainty. There's elections galore all over the planet. That uncertainty requires us to tweak the sails perhaps a little bit, and maybe there's going to be some opportunity as a result. Yeah. You know, also another thing I like to say is that I'm certain that there will always be uncertainty. <laughs> so that's a that's a kind of thing that I like to, to think about. So it's all about, in my opinion, do you have the tools and the mindset to understand these uncertainties will happen and do you have the right framework and mindset to take advantage of these uncertainties do you have the peace of mind and almost a stoic view of how investments work and taking out that emotional perspective and really realize that this is a great opportunity to take advantage and understand what you can and can't control is i would say the very important things to take forward as an investor yeah, I like that. That was one of the hard lessons in my early days was understanding what I can and can't control. And one of them is how I respond to the market. And I think to the key point you make, panic, never a good yeah. idea. Brian Rashmir, CFA, yeah. investment analyst from Liventon & Co. Really appreciate the time. That's it for today. On Friday, we were chatting with uh, Anthony Clark, Smoke Talk Daily on the Twitters, uh, talking around the HCI, who had doubled down in some senses on that impact oil and gas deal. Double down, not in terms of they're going to spend more money, but they weren't going to sell the stake. They're going to hold on to it potentially for a lot more profit but further down the line. We asked you if you preferred this, this strategy. You know, rather take some bigger profit later than some smaller profit. Now, three quarters said, yeah, give me that long-term profit potential. The rest and remaining quarter said, you know what, actually, I would quite like to see some profit now. There certainly is risk. Uh, oil and gas, you know, just getting it to, to production is not easy nor guaranteed. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow, crypto. 
You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.